Hello, we have a special guest today on the podcast, my girl Fiorella. I'm so excited to have her here. And today's topic is going to be on ABA therapy, which we know is very controversial for a lot of people. But, um, you know, as far as for me, you know, my experience has been wonderful. And I know for Fiorella as well. And I'm excited to dive into this um, episode and have her share her transparent and raw experience with ABA. Okay, so Fiorella, can you please introduce yourself? Um, first of all, I love how you say my name, because that's exactly how you should say it. <laughs> it's very rare that people say my name correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, because you're Spanish, right? Yeah, um, I was born in Venezuela. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because I'm Spanish too, so that's probably why I could uh, say yeah. it correctly. Yeah, because <laughs> my name is Jormari, mm -hmm. but people have a hard time, you know, rolling the R's. Yeah, very hard. So. I mean, you can imagine my name. I'm like, yeah, sure. yeah, you're close. Enough. It's beautiful. <laughs> I love it. I love Thank it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. But um. Yeah, so I'm a stay-at-home mom. I have three girls. Um, Emmy, my oldest, is diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder at 22 months old. And, you know, like any parent, it just kind of threw us on this roller coaster ride. And I know we're talking about ABA specifically, and I definitely have gone through that and have experienced that and have my own um opinions and experience about it. We had a good experience about it. Um, so I'm excited to share that with you and just talk about it because I think it's super important. I think it's every parent's like number one question right after they get um, a diagnosis is like, should we, what is it? What should we look for? You know, and it's, it's a big deal because it kind of becomes a big part of your life and your children's life if you decide to go down the ABA route. So I'm super happy to like be talking about it with you today. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. And um, like I said, to get real, one thing that I always say in my podcast since I started is, you know, I want to be as transparent as possible. And yeah. I love your journey. I love following your journey. It's inspiring. And I'm sure the many people that follow you would agree with me. Um, I always say, you know, I, I like to follow people that are showing me the mm -hmm. transparency, you know, the yeah. truth. I don't want to yeah. see the cute, no sugar you know what yet, I mean? Right? There's no point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love to see your daughter. You know, we both have girls on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's a beautiful thing and I could relate to it. So yeah. my first question will be, you know, what were your initial thoughts and feelings when considering ABA therapy for your child and how did you go about, you know, researching and deciding that this was the right approach for your family? Right. Yeah. Um, so just to give you a little backstory, Emmy was 22 months old. Sylvia was like three months old. Um, and she was diagnosed 20 at the end of 2019. Um, so we weren't able to get therapies going till the beginning of 2020 and then the pandemic, you know, 2020. <laughs> um, so that was fun. <laughs> so honestly, like once we got the diagnosis down and started looking for like speech, obviously it was like the first thing, um, OT and that stuff, we were able to get in before the pandemic hit, like at the end of 2019. Um, But ABA, we ob obviously, like, the doctors, that's the first thing they give you is, like, pamphlets on ABA and things like that. Um, we had looked into it, and I think, like, 
depending on your Google search, you'll get like two different routes. Um, I got the scary route. <laughs> so, um, and we had talked to some parents that had very negative experiences with it. Uh, but they were also like, it's different for every child. You know, you hear that a lot. And right. I was just too afraid. Um, honestly. Yeah. And with the pandemic and everything, we honestly were like, honestly, let's hold off on it. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't feel comfortable jumping right into it. Right. And we just went with just speech, OT. Then with the pandemic, everything went teletherapy, which was terrible, did not work for us. So we actually ended up doing no therapy for like a year and a half. So it was wow. just me and Emmy and like us at home, like just working with her, just like understanding her autism and where she was on the spectrum like it, it was almost like by default that we had to do that because everything was shut down um right. and she was so young i think too the thought of her going to somebody else um for that long because the hours can be long for a two-year-old um and then also having somebody come into the house was not an option at that time with the covid restrictions right. um so I took a lot of like online courses, specifically the Mary Barbera course, and she is ABA, like she's a BCBA, she writes books about it. So doing that course at home, honestly, it opened up my like knowledge to ABA and I was mm -hmm. able to like apply a lot of techniques at home myself for her. She ended up starting to say a few words. She was able to like sit at the table with me and started to like, I was just trying to pull out words at that point and just trying to like understand where we were at right because then, it's very difficult and we yes. should mention she is nonverbal, right right she's not anymore but she used to be right um, right like i say for my daughter she's semi-verbal because right, yeah she still can't fully communicate but she is in right. that echolalia and scripting yeah era in her life <laughs> yeah i know which is a good sign you know they it's do like, say it's, it's a like good this thing. weird spot where like they they can't have a conversation and they can't always tell you what they need but it's not like they can't either right you know like the potential is there you're just like still trying to pull it out right that's where right. emmy's at right now like i yes. know she has the ability in her but we're still connecting the dots in her brain if that makes sense <laughs> absolutely yes absolutely um, so after a year of doing that, I felt like I hit like a roadblock with her and she wasn't like progressing as much. I also had Sylvia who was like, um, a year old and needed more of my attention. Mm. And it was, I was just burnt out. And I said, yes, I need help. Talk about like, it. Talk about <laughs> it. Because that is true. I remember like two I under two too. with one on the spectrum and like quarantined and, oh. It was a lot of emotions, but I'm <laughs> thankful for that time because I learned a lot and I learned yeah. so much about Emmy. Like I was keeping records of like her sensory stuff, her speech, her stuff. Like we, I had all the time in the world to just like focus on her. Right. Um, and mm -hmm. it wasn't until Sylvia got a little bit older and started demanding a little bit more attention um, mm -hmm. that I was like, let me look into ABA now that things are opening up. And I toured different ones. And in my mind, I was like, if I'm not getting a full like gut feeling we're out like we're not doing this that was you know so it was never Same. like mm -hmm. we were in a and I think that's a lucky place to be in because not a lot of people have that option of like it's fine we'll just stay at home like people have right. to work and mm -hmm. I understand that it's like safer for them to be in an ABA clinic than to be at a normal daycare or normal yeah. preschool where they don't mm -hmm. have any kind of support so right. there's also that like I was like in a privileged spot to be like I can stay at home with them full time mm -hmm. Um, so 
So we looked into ABA. I saw a few and I knew what she needed based on my time with her at home. So that mm-hmm. really helped me figure out which ABA clinic would work for her, like what what, what I was comfortable with. I, right. I came in knowing ABA terms. Like I came in like I, I knew what I wanted. And I feel like if I had done that right away after she got diagnosed, I would have just been like, whatever they tell me, I guess I'll do because you just don't know, you know? Right, right. And I know last week we mentioned too, and the topic was different, but we had also mentioned, you know, that teamwork that falls into the yeah. therapies as well. Oh, not so just much. Teachers, but it goes with therapies as well. And to have yeah. that successful, those successful um, sessions, Mm-hmm. We know that it requires that we have to get off our comfort, even yes. if we're more on the shy side or the quiet yeah. side. You know yeah. what I mean? That could be a little difficult, but it's possible. Yeah. And I think it's also like finding the right place that will work with you. I think that's a big deal. And mm-hmm. um, I came in, my husband makes fun of me because I came in with like a binder. I was like, this is Emmy in a binder. And yes. they were like, who are you? Like, what are you I doing? love it. I love it. I would have been like, yes, I was like telling them what to do. I was like, no, no, you need to work on this. She needs yeah. this. And they were like, she's oh, she's been in ABA before. And I was like, no. They were like so confused. I was like, ABA you don't know with who you're mom. dealing with. Yeah. I'm like, you don't know. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And like, I, I don't know you. if they ended up throwing away all the paperwork that I gave them, but they were definitely like. Okay. Yeah. You know, like they knew uh-huh. what they were going to be dealing with for the next few years. Right. No, but it's true. And honestly, they liked it. They were like, we have parents that are so disconnected that it was refreshing to them to be like, we want, like, they want to help the child the best they can. Yes. And, um, they know, like this specific clinic knew the importance of that um, teamwork between the parents and the therapist so mm-hmm. I was like you like tell me what to do because I want to know like that's why I'm here if I knew what to do I wouldn't be here um, right and they were also because I was receptive to that they were receptive to me also being like you need to change this this isn't working like could we look at something else you know right right so which is great because that's when the teamwork comes in yeah they're sharing with you their perspective as professional yeah therapist because we're always going to have our perspective as parents right but we have and to like, also we're be the open. expert on our kid right and they always reiter- reiterated that to me like you're the expert on emmy we're the expert on behavior you know mm-hmm. so like you need the two yeah to be able to like have any kind of progress i feel like right um, to collaborate together and so and because of that. all of these factors i think that's what ended up making it such a good experience for us, for her Mm. in ABA. And we only started um, with 12 hours a week, which I was comfortable with. And it was honestly Mm -hmm. because they didn't have a spot. They didn't have enough time for us to do any more. And I was like, actually, that's fine. Like, I don't want to do more than that. Um, Mm. Because she was so young at the time. And that was the max amount of hours that she ever did in ABA. It was like three days a week four hours a w- four yeah four hours a day i know um, it's it's so many you're just yeah, trying to figure out like okay how many hours <laughs> are they gonna speak? i have to I always know. revisit my daughter's iep because so i can I remember know, okay so this much. is how much she's getting <laughs> it's a full-time job for sure <laughs> yeah we have all these things in our head um 
Well, with that being said, I guess we'll jump to the next question, which is, can you mm-hmm. describe some of the positive changes or progress you've observed in Emmy yeah. um, since starting ABA therapy? Which I'm sure it could, it, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Honestly, when I look back on it, um, I was like surprised at how much they were able to accomplish because she wasn't going like the full time Mm. um you most kids because parents work I understand they go 30 40 hours a week um so because I'm a stay-at-home mom I was able to do less and I was part of me was like concerned I was like is you you kind of get in your own head like is this enough is this enough hours because everybody else is doing so much more Mm -hmm. and I had to like keep reminding myself like ABA doesn't end in the clinic. It comes home and like we work on it at home as well. And so it took mm-hmm. me some time. And I think that was also like why there was so much progress because I was able to like, ap- I had a lot of time at home to apply mm-hmm. what they were trying to work with her on. Um, but right. the main things were um, she stopped eloping. She stopped wow, running away. Wow, that's huge. She, I know. <laughs> so that that's like, was life changing, honestly. Yeah. And it took me a while to get used to her not like she would start walking away and you get like that panic anxiety inside of you. Absolutely. And I had to like stop myself and be like, no, she's just walking away to like go play right there. You know, like right. she's she's a kid. She's allowed to not be yeah. two feet away from me. <laughs> Um, right. mm-hmm. she would learn to like hold, she learned to hold my hand while we walked together, like just staying with me. Um, mm, she wow. learned potty training was huge, huge goal for us. Oh, that one man. was, I still say That's to this day, potty- <laughs> you should do an episode on that. <laughs> I am because that yeah. is huge. That That's was, huge. I always say like, that is my biggest accomplishment. Like it's not even getting her to talk. It was like the potty training. <laughs> yeah because i mean think about it i I don't know how people feel about boys but now that i have a boy Mm -hmm. i'm looking forward to potty training him but at the same time Mm -hmm. i'm like hmm i'm a little hesitant because i don't know where that's gonna go (laughs) versus girls you know they i have all girls so i am no help in this department because i have all girls (laughs) that's true that is true and i appreciate your honesty (laughs) <laughs> yeah with Good Ellie luck. let me know um, how that goes that's yeah I, I will I will um with Eliana yeah like you said you know they're girls and it's like you really want them to I, I don't know I guess it's a a little more I don't know how to describe it I, I'm not sure how you would say this but I won't say it's serious because for boys too we got to watch for them as well but I feel like it's more of a sense of privacy with girls you know, well, because eventually you have that time where you have to take care, you know, when they're older, there you know, puberty for girls. Yeah. Yes. Puberty for girls is like the bathroom situation is much more of a, it has to be a safe place. You have to know how to do it. You have to like, it's important for later on for us, for sure. Um, yeah. Which again, that's (laughs) another topic for another day because (laughs) I'm not ready. I'm not ready, girl. I'm not ready for that. (laughs) Do you follow moms with like older autistic girls? Um, and I'm always like, oh my gosh. There's very few though. There's very few. Can we that is t- true. Right? But I follow um Jada Boo. Do you follow her? Don't, she just no. went off to college. Oh my gosh. I'm planning to have mom on an episode. She just left to college. I'm going to send you her Instagram. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I see her and just how far she's come. It, yeah. it just gives me so much hope for, you know, our girls yeah. who are younger. Yeah. So that's a huge accomplishment. 
Yeah, um, potty the potty training, training the elopement. That's huge. And honestly, her speech was like immediately, like within the first month or two, she just started like verbally requesting wow. things um, more than she did during speech um, therapy. So I was mm. like, huh, interesting. Because she was put in, constantly put in situations where it's like, what do you want? You know? And mm. like, and she had to. Like, I wasn't there to facilitate, right? Like, yeah. we know our kids. If she if she gives us like a look, I know that she wants something. You know, like we were just right. connected in that level. Right, right. And mm-hmm. she, I think she needed that time away from me to be like, okay, mom's not here. I need to figure out a way to get what I need. You know? And it's like she That's needed good. that push. And I think ABA does that. Um, as scary as that can be for parents, um, it's it's good to put them in that situation and get them out of their comfort zones a little bit. Yeah, and I think something I've heard, because I'm going to just talk about it, <laughs> something I've heard about ABA from other families is pretty much the they don't like the demands. Right. And to me, you know, growing up Puerto Rican, you know, a Hispanic, I, I don't know how it was with you, right, with your culture being a little different than mine, but I feel like mm-hmm. my mom was strict. You know, like the men's were placed on us. Yeah. So I cannot, I, and I don't know how you feel about this, but for me, I don't think we should just, you know, look at our children like, okay, yeah, they're autistic. Well, they can't do this. We can't put this pressure 100%. on them. Like to yeah. me, it's like, no, um, she's autistic, but that's not limiting her to do other things. We limit our children. We do. Yeah. And that's the truth. We put limits in our children that they can because literally we do. fear and we feel for them like more than they do. You know what I mean? We feel right. twice as much for them. <laughs> right. How do we know if something is going to work if you don't try it for yourself? So one thing I always tell families is try it for yourself. I'm going to share my experience. Yeah. Another family is going to share possibly a terrible experience with ABA. Right. You cannot be afraid. You can take advice. You can take suggestions. But at the end of the mm-hmm. day, what is best for your child? Right. That's it. And, and I, I think, think that's also, with every therapy. Yeah. And I think that with um with ABA and like autism, it's not just like I wouldn't just focus on the behavior, right? Like it's a spectrum of so many different things. So if you're only putting demands because of behavior, but you're not tackling the sensory part of it, um, I think that like lacks, like the demands will be so much harder on them, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's also like, what type of demands are you placing on them? Are they reasonable? Are they age appropriate? Are they mm-hmm. useful for later on in life? Or you just want them to like comply because mm-hmm. you just want to make your own life easier. You know, I think like yeah. it's the type of the demand that you're placing on them too plays a big role in it. And that's where like the teamwork comes in. Like you have to be a team with the therapist and mm-hmm. put your priorities as like your family and as a parent, be like, these are, this is a priority for us, for her to know, to learn, to like, so please place this demand on her. Right. You right. know, like I know with potty training, you know, when she started school, I let the teachers know, you know, she is being yeah. potty trained. Can you guys implement this in the routine at school? Same thing right. with ABA. And they did. So we were yeah. all happy and on the same page. And there was, you know, really yeah, nothing. because, like, she needs to learn how to go, like, that's a that's, life skill. That's huge. Like, you, like, I personally refuse for my child to be in a diaper for the rest of their life if I know no. they are capable of learning this. And they're capable of so much, but I think it's, 
there's always I with Emmy specifically, I don't know with anybody else, but from like my experience with Emmy, I feel like there's always like this wall that I have mm. to like break through with her mm. and I have to stand my ground and it's so hard to stand my ground so much all day every day. But like yeah. I have but once you do it and once you break that wall and you see what she's capable of, it's like okay, I know that this is worth placing that demand on her and I I can gauge her level of like, okay, I am going to break through this wall or you know what, this wall today is just not to be broken Mm. today, you Mm. know? And I think the only way to like learn that is just to spend as much time with your kid as possible or to be as engaged in the therapies as possible, you know? Yeah. At least with Emmy, that's been like my experience. Yeah, I agree. You know what? I thought Eliana was not ready for potty training when I did start yeah. potty training her. Yeah, me uh, too. I was completely wrong. Well, I <laughs> was like, how was can ready she be potty training? I thought she needed to be able to speak or communicate before we potty trained her. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I learned through just I like the same educating thing. myself yeah. that they're like, no, you don't have to verbally communicate. You don't have to have that communication aspect to be able to potty train. And I was like, mm-hmm. what? Yeah. But, yeah. And so ABA there's so many ways played a huge role in that. That's that's beautiful. And I guess that will be one big I mean, I don't know if that was an ABA goal or milestone cuz that's the next question that your child mm-hmm. achieved. Um mm-hmm. or if there is another big ABA goal that you know you're start you started with and then by the end she was able to achieve that specific goal. I think um well, the things that I was really tackling were that, were potty training, being able to self-feed, being able to stay with me. Like, it was like safety things and mm. like necessary life skills. Like, can she pull up her pants? Can she wash her hands? Can she sit at a table and eat appro- safely and appropriately? Um, can she stay with me? so that I can keep her safe, but can she answer to her name so that she comes back? Like, right. I was like, let, all of my goals were completely targeted to me not needing ABA anymore. Wow, like, okay, so you goals... don't, she does not take ABA anymore. So she is, we stopped ABA May of this year. She just okay. stopped this okay. year. So she was in it since she was three to five, two and a half years. Oh, wow. Years. Yeah. My daughter so did like, um, five years. Yeah. She just, she was just moved out of ABA. She pretty much graduated. Yeah. yeah. So that's we awesome. We never got to like the graduating part. Um, I mean, it wasn't like a graduation and a little certificate no, or anything. No, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it was more on my part than on their oh, part okay. is what I mean. Okay, I like, got you. Like, that's I a good initiated point bring the up. exit. Yeah, yeah. Which that's like, good. people don't know that they can do. They just kind of wait for them to tell them, okay, like, you're done. And it's right. like... Everything mm-hmm. is on you as a parent, like how much you want to do, when do you start, when do you finish, who is she with, like that's on you, not on them. And I feel like um, ABA clinics have this thing where, and I don't think they mean to, right. but it's kind of like, this is what you do. And you just kind of get swept into the wave of like what they want you to do. Right. And really like they work for you. You don't work for them. Like this is right. your kid. Like, oh, that's good. You know? Yeah. And I feel like. I feel like parents should look at ABA like that. Like, are they working for you or are you working for them? Because mm. that's when goals get kind of messy. 
Girl, that was good. You just opened up a whole can. <laughs> there you go. You're welcome. For being real. Okay, I'm just saying that that was good. That was really trademark good. Trademark that. True. I'm going to trademark that yeah. quote. Yes, I am, sis. Yes, that is going on my socials. You don't worry, okay? Because you know I'm going back to this. <laughs> that is really good. Um, But it's true. It, it is a true fact. And I think a lot of parents don't know that. And because in my case, Eliana was yeah. in it for five years, but I knew yeah. she needed it still. I knew she yeah. still needed that consistency with ABA. And once yeah. they and said, like, you know, every mom, child is different. She's good. She's come this mm-hmm. far. She has reached the goals that we have for ABA specifically. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, great. You know, I was on board because yeah. I'm like, well, this is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's amazing. That's really amazing. And I think also something that pushed me also to end ABA besides I just I could tell that she was like over it herself. Um, And I felt more confident at home. I was like, okay, I let me see if I can actually do this without their help. And so I started lowering the hours. So we went from three days to two days for like a couple months, then from two days to one day for a couple months. And so Mm. it was a slow, it wasn't like from day to night, you're not going to this place anymore. Cause that would be like a very big change for her. Yeah. Um, so I would also recommend people who are transitioning out to do it slowly, um, just to get yourself acquainted with like your routine at home with them now, because they're used to being an ABA and then now they're at home or going to school or whatever they're doing. Um, so that helped the transition, but also like she had a therapist that sh- the same therapist the entire time. Oh, like every day she went wow. to the same therapist. I know this That's like always great. shocks people. Yeah, yeah no, because my daughter had tell them that. I mean, within the Hundreds. five years, she had like yeah. If I if I can't remember they how can't many, even then count. it's like a lot. Yeah, because. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And then people are like, how did you make that happen? Like, how is that possible? And it's like, of course, there was that one or two day where like, she was sick and she was with somebody else. But if she was with somebody else, I asked them to let me know and tell me who she was going to be with and if Emmy knew her or not. And I said, Mm. if she doesn't know this person, if she's never been with this person, she's not going in that day. She's not going in. Yeah. No. And that's it. And you had the authority. That's just that was just a line for me. Um, I'm not saying like every parent needs to do this, but that was just a line for me. And towards the end of the year, this therapist that she was with, um, was quitting and she was moving on to a different career kind of a thing. And she only, she, she only stayed with the company this long because of Emmy, because she had that bond with her. And so she was an integral role in like helping us phase out of ABA. And she was like, I will stay until Emmy's good until I know Emmy's good, basically. That is so and I st- sweet. And I'm friends with this therapist. Like, I'm going to her baby shower soon. Like, oh we were like, God. we hang out now. Like, Emmy sees her and she's like a part of our family now. That is <laughs> beautiful. But it's I like, love that. And like, that, that took a lot of like sacrifice and work on our end to be able to make that work because we would always be like, if this therapist schedule changed, then our schedule will change along with her. Like whatever hours she's working, that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Which brings me back to homeschooling. If you follow me, you know, we homeschool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a big thing for me is like, um, if I homeschool, I can 
work her academics around her therapist so that I mm. she can go on days that are good, people that we like, any time that's good for her. Like, we're not like, yeah. you know? So, and yes. I think that made it so that it, she was only there for two and a half years and only went three days a week, but it, they were very productive sessions because of all of these I love things. that. You know I what I mean? I love that. Yes. And you know, when I decide to homeschool my children, because it has been in the back of my head for yeah. a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, the circumstance we're in right now, it, it will be very difficult, but yeah, it is, it is definitely something that's in the back of my head. Um, but I think one of these days, eventually, I want to do an episode with you again on homeschooling just to kind of, you know, dive deeper into the topic. Yeah, I'd and love to, yeah. In case there are families out there that are listening, mm-hmm. you know, the want to know a little bit more, especially mm-hmm. more with children that are autistic, because I yeah. feel like it, there's so many people homeschooling, but they don't all it's have children that are yeah exactly no, 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 so no. you could give some tips it's and not tricks like and all the things. um the, it's not like the instagramable perfect little homeschool thing that you see like our homeschooling is different and i you yes, know my and account. i love it because you know? it's real it's real yeah, i love like, when you post your little videos sit and do these like beautiful workbooks that they sell with like these handcrafted things like that's not happening you know right <laughs> like exactly. it can still be done yeah, yeah. Um, my next question will be: What resources or support networks have been valuable to you as an autism mom um, when you were navigating, you know, the ABA therapy world? I think that, um, well, like I said earlier, like Mary Barbera really helped me in the very early days. She has a lot of books um, and courses, so I did take her course. And that helped me understand, like, the functions of behavior and, like, just really how to um, implement things at home, which I think is very crucial because it's one thing happening in clinic or having somebody come into your house and do it. But to be able to, you yourself, know it and apply it, um, I think that was, like, my best, you know, resource um, as far as ABA Mm. goes. I think That's ultimately, good. though, Emmy is like, has always been my best resource as far as everything goes with her, with ABA and everything. Because like, I could have seen other people do it. I could have read all these books. I could have done all these things. But like, she has to like, let me know what works for her and being in tune with her has yeah. always been has always like led me to the right decision because yes it's her life right mm-hmm. like this is going to affect her ultimately so yes. it doesn't really matter if you read all the all these books and you don't know your child's needs like you don't get to know your child on like a deeper level and mm-hmm. i feel like they will always guide you in the right direction so wow. i think definitely emmy has been my greatest resource for sure that's so beautiful i love that um this has been such a insightful episode honestly because again (laughs) you were real about it and I loved going back to that part when you said you know is it the therapist's choice or is it your choice as as a parent because at the end of the day it is so true and that yeah that encouraged me honestly so thank you so much for saying that you know what I'm the type of person that if I know I need something I'm I'm gonna admit it 
You know what I mean? Like, exactly. I, I'm not, I'm oh not going to yeah. fake it. Listen, we all no. are in a learning journey. Mom and yeah, dad that are nobody listening. Nobody knows like, how to do this. Nobody knows yeah. what the right way to do this. So if you don't ask for help, you're only hurting yourself and your child. Like, Yes. We are yeah, all so. learning. Um, yeah. So looking ahead, my last question, mm -hmm. looking ahead, what are your hopes and goals um, for your child? you know, process now that they are done with ABA? I think, um, I think my goal right now is to just, I mean, she, so she still is in speech and OT and she will be there for, um, I'm going to admit years because she's just not there, mm -hmm. but I just, my goal is for her to just have a fulfilling childhood. Yeah. That is like uh, one of the reasons why also we, we left ABA. I was like, it's time for her to just be a kid. Um, she's five. Mm -hmm. I don't want her to miss out on her childhood mm -hmm. due to all these therapies, which I know she needs. And I know mm -hmm. she'll always need some sort of extra support. Right. Um, but my goal right now is just for her to enjoy her childhood in the best way that I can provide it for her, mm. you know, with her diagnosis. Yeah. Um, we're really diving more into homeschooling now that she's a little bit older. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm really excited about that. And I love it. now, like, I feel like before I was growing and learning with her about her autism and about ABA. And now I feel like I'm growing with her in like school and academics and learning and homeschooling. So it's, we're like in a different learning journey right now mm -hmm. as she's like getting older. Right. Um, but I think it's all has all like built up on each other. So mm -hmm. I'm like still that like nervous mom that I was back then but like for different reasons you know right. because our kids go through different mm -hmm. seasons of life and I don't Absolutely. know how to handle them you know like she's my mm -hmm. firstborn so everything's kind of new every year <laughs> absolutely but um yeah I think just my goal for her is just to be physically healthy mentally happy and just ha enjoy her childhood is it's just my goal right now I just want her to have like a like a happy and healthy childhood. I love that. And um, same here. I think, you know, I want my children to, you know, one of the things that Eliana is suggested once the school year is ending is ESY. And, you know, it's the extended school year for those that don't know. And mm. I had sent her last, not this past summer, but the one previous to that. So last summer. And mm -hmm. no, thank you um really yeah it's just not gonna happen again <laughs> so when this summer came I just I didn't you know put her in it granted I'm not saying yeah. every ESY is the same I'm just saying my experience the way it was and yeah, yeah, yeah. what I was hearing you know you have to understand yeah. when you have a child that can't really speak to you about what's going on behind the scenes no your brain is constantly under stress like people need to no, understand that's the biggest this. fear for for every parent. Yeah. Yeah. It's like their it, physical it, safety. We're talking about. Yeah. It's like about, you have a baby like... walking around. Yes. It's, it's like having a baby, a newborn walking around, not being able to Pretty tell much. you what's going on. So yeah. I know that you also have, I, I want you to share your, your groups that you have for those that are listening that may be in your state or whichever other state you have, you're growing on the spectrum. Yeah, so um, in this um, homeschooling journey that I went on, I also was like, okay, well, how is she going to make friends? Like, so that's like the big question, right, with homeschooling, especially uh -huh. um, autistic kids. 
And I said, well, no one's getting together because we are just coming out of COVID and everybody's kind of scared to like be in person and everything's online. And there's so many resources, so many moms I've connected with through Instagram and all of that. Mm -hmm. But it's just like not the same when you like meet somebody in person and connect on that level. And I was like, I'm just going to have to get out there and like meet people, which is not my comfort zone at all. But um, I decided mm-hmm. to create Growing on the Spectrum, and it's a support group for families here in the Tampa Bay area, and we have monthly in-person meetups. Um, so I found a place that we meet every month, or we go to a park, or like a playground, or yeah. sensory-friendly events in the area. And yes. I have been able to meet so many families, mm-hmm. um, gain resources in our local area, you know, because mm-hmm. it's different. Every city is different. Every state is yeah. different. And so as much as like online support is great, it's different when you're like, yeah, I've been to this school. I've been to this therapist. I know this therapist's name. This one's right. not good. This one's good. You know, it just, it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we have like over a hundred people in my group now. It's been like wow. two, two, almost three years since I started it. And I've convinced some moms to homeschool. <laughs> I'm always That's like, so funny. hi, nice to meet you. Yeah. Want to homeschool? You know? <laughs> That is hilarious. Oh, my God. So I've actually convinced a couple moms to eventually, not really convinced, but, you know, by sharing yeah. my experiences, Influence. they were like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so now we actually get together weekly, and we ha- all have girls that are around the same age um, that oh. are on the spectrum, and they come over to my house once a week, and the girls have a play date, and then we share homeschool resources, and so we wow. made, like, a little pod of, like, autism mom homeschooling. <laughs> Oh, I love that though because yeah, you and so these girls community. will like have each other, you know, right? Like when we they grow up, up. Cool. yeah, like, like yeah, you know, you grow up with your friends. Now Emmy has her friends that she grows up with, and they all go to therapy and they're all homeschooled. You know, so it's, so it's, it makes it like more relatable for her, so she doesn't yeah. feel so like outcasted. Like she's on the spectrum and she's homeschooled, so it's like double whammy for her of yeah, like feeling yeah. out of the yeah. loop. Um, yeah. but so I really, it was really important for me to have, not only for myself to be able to have moms to connect with, mm-hmm. um, which has been like a godsend, but yeah. also for Emmy to like build friendships in her own way. You know, yes. obviously they don't, they sometimes talk to each other, but they definitely interact with each other. The more that we they get know each together. other's <laughs> language. That's what I always say. They know each other's language. They know what they're saying. That is yeah. so beautiful. I love that. And I think you're amazing and everything that you're doing. And, you know, I just pray that God continues to give you that strength and, and the strategy to keep, you know, encouraging other moms. And Amen. Thank you so to much. To let them know that it is possible. You know, yeah, it's and possible. just simply that, right? Like, I'm not saying you have to do what I'm doing, but I'm just saying right. this is what we're doing. And I, it was super helpful for me to watch other moms do whatever they were doing. And you mm-hmm. can take, like little bits and pieces of what you see from everywhere and make it work for you, you know? And I think that's why it's important to share our lives a little bit because um, it can be very isolating. So the less isolating that we can make it, the better I feel like for everybody. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, I guess to close off this episode, I would say, or I would ask, what is something you would tell those moms that are just starting ABA therapy or have been recommended ABA therapy? Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest advice with ABA therapy is don't rush into it. And I think this is kind of like the opposite advice that you're usually given during this like tumultuous time of like 
what is happening. Um, and it might be a little controversial because everybody's like, you need to get in at right away because it's going to help them so much. And I don't disagree with that. I think, you know, get on that wait list, do your research, but like, don't jump into the first one that you see. Um, you know, just, just take, it's okay to take some time for yourself to process the diagnosis, to get to know your child, to then like make the right decision for your family, whatever that may be. And, um, whether that's full-time ABA right away or in home or not, like it's all up to you, really. It's not up to the doctors. It's not up to the therapist. It's up to you as a parent. So don't take that lightly and don't feel pressured by anybody to do anything mm-hmm. because ultimately, like, like I always say, no therapy is better than bad therapy um, mm-hmm. because to undo all of that is so much more work later on. Yeah. So if mm-hmm. you take your time with no therapy or minimal therapy or whatever you want to call it, it, it'll open up doors for you to be able to make the right decisions and get your child in a better environment to make therapy more productive. Yeah, absolutely. Fiorella, so yeah, I think cannot, that what I would you. say is that like no therapy mm-hmm. is better than bad therapy is like what I would say to every single parent. That's that's a really good point. <laughs> you dropped some really good gems. That's, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, but... Again, Fiorella, I just, I mean, I couldn't have thanked you enough for, you know, taking the time to be on this podcast and for your yes. Again, thank you for your time, for all the beautiful insights you have provided us and all the families that will be listening to the episode. Um, yeah, and I can't well, wait thank you for, you know, for our like, next. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's do this more. I'm down. Yeah. I'm always happy to talk about it. I can talk about this all day. It's all it. I do. Yes. <laughs> but yes, no, thank I love you it. for like having this platform and taking the time and resources to put this together. Yeah. Um, if I was a new mom, I would love to like listen to all these episodes and get so much information. I feel like when Emmy was diagnosed just, you know, not that long ago, none of this was available, you know? Right. And so I think it's so awesome. So anything that I can contribute or who I can work with or However, we can help each other out. We just, I, yeah. it's really, really important to do so. So I'm so I love thankful that. for you for inviting me. Thank you so much, friend, for being here. Guys, thank you for listening. And I will see you guys again on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you.